my name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Welcome, everybody. Playing in traffic. Welcome back to our show. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. I feel like it's been a while. It hasn't really been too long. We just did our update one. I feel like we're doing the podcast every day. We're just not actually making new podcasts. Yeah, we're working on things and investigating and reading. It's really, really cool. I love it. Today, we're going to touch on a subject that we have, you know, talked about throughout the episodes, but we just kind of wanted to do a whole episode about what it's like to be in a doomsday cult and to to live the apocalyptic type of life. Yeah. So we're going to pick Tony's brain today about uh, just what it's like to think the world is about to end. And how that affects all of the things. This is what I've been excited to do, but also, like, I know it's going to be a, um, a hard one to talk about. It's a heavy subject, you know. It's something that um, is, I don't know. You hear doomsday cult or, like, you know, Christians think or know, quote, unquote, that the end of the world is coming. But, like, to actually be part of a group that believes without a doubt that you are going to see the end of the world in your lifetime and that you're going to be part of it, right? And Um, not only in your lifetime, but in your church, it was like, this is the date in the year. Right, an exact date. So like you have an exact date that you know. For us, it was, you know, 2012. Yeah. For a long time. And Um, can we we touch on that and maybe... um, Maybe yeah. with permission, share a video of the 1999 prediction in the from the same church. Right. There was also a 1988 prediction. Yeah, 1988, 1999, and 2012. 2012. So this church that I was in 2005 has 2005 too. 
Um, I've seen that on the internet. I don't really remember that. But see, I was baptized in 2006, so how would I know? So you came but, in. Um, yeah. Anyway, I want to just start off by just, it's hard to express what it's like to to have that kind of um, thought process that seriously, the world is ending in 2012 and there is no doubt about it. It is as real to you that the world is ending. It's as real to you as if the sky, as the sky is blue. It is, it is your reality. And it's, it's almost like you can't even express in words what it feels like. It's like, it's like a feeling like you just know you're just so confident and you just know that the world is ending. And, and from the minute that you start your Bible study, they're immediately talking about the last days. We're living in the last days. Have you seen the news? Have you seen what's happening? Have you seen the wars? Have you seen the famines? Have you seen the earthquakes? Have you seen, you know, the droughts and the disasters and the fires and all these things and they stack up and then every single day you're studying about it and they even have these little books they're called evidence books and um they show all these you know evidence of uh, fires and wars and things that are happening and they're getting they're getting worse and wickedness is increasing one of the signs of the last days is that there would be increase of wickedness and like i think I feel sad. Like the past few days, I feel so, so sad after what's, what happened in Texas. Yeah. And uh, like, it's, I can it's, see that being re-triggering those kinds of events happening being yeah. for you guys. When you see that type of like, you know, quote unquote evil. Yeah. Um, in the world uh, that that's even, that this can even happen, that this is such a reality in our country Anyway, that's a whole nother thing, but it is, it's just sad. It's just so, so sad. And anyway, so they would use um, cases like that or events like that to show like, look, look how wicked things are becoming. This means father's coming soon. Father's coming soon. We need to work harder. We need to preach harder. You know, it's just this constant propaganda. And so it becomes your reality. I remember there was one time we were so obsessed with earthquakes happening. You know, because the Bible talks about earthquakes. In the last days, there will be so many earthquakes. And so there's an earthquake app that you can get on your phone, and it shows you all the earthquakes. Do you remember this? No. And I was obsessed. And so it would alert me every time there's an earthquake. You guys would be shocked how many earthquakes happen every single day. It is extremely stressful. <laughs> and it shows you the magnitude, where it is, tsunami warnings, all this stuff that's happening all over the world. You did get me all freaked out about Yellowstone. Erupted. Yes, Yellowstone. So we would always watch videos about Yellowstone because, see, Denver is pretty close to Yellowstone. So that was something that um, we were always watching videos from, like, Discovery Channel about the ash that would fall, about, you know, the fire and the climate we're change the that would happen. Yeah. We're in the lava path, so we're going to be, like, the first ones to go. But that was our reality. We were convinced that that was going to happen. Um, and, and I do want to say thank you to my brother-in-law, Lindsay's husband, because one day I was just talking to him about Yellowstone. It was about coming, I was, you know, coming out and I was just talking to him like, 
you know, but yeah, look, like Yellowstone might erupt. Like it, it's a high probability. Look at all these facts and these statistics. Look at all these earthquakes that happen here and all these hot spots and everything. And he was like, of course, they're going to use something that is so scary and, you know, could possibly happen in, you know, a million years or whatever, you know, has a possibility of one day happening and is extremely scary. Of course, they're going to use something real to try to scare you, you know, and, and, and that really hit me, you know, like, yes, there are wars and yes, there are diseases and coronavirus and, you know, all these awful things that happen in the world, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's a sign from God that the world is going to end. Yeah. See, you would tell me things and I'd be like, oh, shit. Now I got to worry about that because I was like, that's like a legit thing that could happen. But I don't think God is doing it. I just now I get now it's on my radar that there's a possibility that fucking Yellowstone's going to kill us all. <laughs> so you would come at me like God's going to do this thing. And I'm like, well, oh, shit. I didn't even know that was a possibility. But that is true. I guess Yellowstone you know. is out. <laughs> so when you wake up every single day and you're studying and not just studying, you're watching videos, very graphic very graphic videos of wars and um you know bombs and everything and 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 yellowstone erupting and all this stuff when you're just constantly seeing that it puts your body and your mind in this constant state of alert always be alert always be on guard always be ready to go and um and that's what life was like every single day and when that happens it puts you um, in a bad, in a, it, you know, your body is not in a healthy, in a healthy place because you yeah. can never relax ever. Yeah. There's That's no relaxation a of, ever. A lot of the books that we've been reading are about. Right. So I wanted to talk about, you know, we did an episode called Burnout. I think it was, it was season two, episode seven. And I, I hope you guys listen to that because it, we talked a lot about that constant state of stress and you know those chemicals that get released in your body and how they're stored in your body and how we need to get them out and so when you live in these doomsday cultic environments um these apocalyptic environments it is very unhealthy yeah. it is very anxiety driven and very unhealthy but I also think that it is part of the tactic of, you know, of the cult, of the, of the mind control, because it ke keeps you in a constant state of readiness. You're always ready to go. Two in the morning, you need to do a baptism. I'm ready to go. Somebody needs to study. We're ready to go. And it doesn't matter. You got, you got your banker clothes ready and you are ready. <laughs> and um, then they use the Bible, you know, be ready, be prepared. Don't be asleep when father comes. And so that's just the mindset that you're constantly in. And so I just, I just want you guys to understand what it's like from the inside. Um, it's not just like, Oh, we thought the world was going to end. Like, no, it was, we believed the world was going to end and people to this day still believe the world is going to end at any moment. And then when the world doesn't end, when there are failed prophecies, quote unquote prophecies, right? Mm -hmm. It makes people believe more, you yeah. know, and they have, they have justifications and there's co more cognitive dissonance that gives them stronger faith. And so it's fascinating. So it's like the opposite of what on, as an outsider, you would be like, see, it didn't happen. Now you can come out and you're yeah, like, no, no, yeah. no. 
it didn't happen because we either prevented it or God wasn't ready or whatever reason it is that they give you guys. It is so easy to look back and be like, oh, well, the world didn't end in 2012. Why didn't the, you know, the church close then? Yeah. From the outside, it's easy to say that. I didn't really start coming out until about 2015, 2016, like kind of started to slowly come out at that time. So, you know, we stayed in for years, years we stayed in after seeing because there were excuses that were being made. So we were told, should we talk about this now? You know, after 2012, we were told that, um, you know, well, first we were told that it wasn't really the end of 2012 yet. We needed to wait until the end of the sacred calendar. So then it would be, you know, the, you know, 2013. So then when that didn't happen, then we were told, you know, we weren't ready yet. So father had mercy on us and had pity on us. Uh, we weren't ready. We weren't fully, you know, repentant yet. And we hadn't found all of our lost brothers and sisters. And so it was continuously put back on us that, you know, that it was our fault. Yeah. And thanks to God that, you know, we were given more time. And so now we need to work harder and harder and harder. But because you have this reality, there are certain life choices that are made. And as we've been interviewing our guests and meeting our friends from all over the world, you know, these real people are making these real life decisions that affect them for the rest of their lives. Under the idea that, yeah, they've got six months left. So it doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Even thinking that you have two years left or three years left, that's not a lot of time. You know, our leaders would always tell us it doesn't matter. Even if father postpones, you know, one year or two years, that's not a lot of time in the concept of, you know, hundreds of years or thousands or, you know, infinity time. You can work harder. You can work harder. You can push. You can push. You can push. Even if it is only two or three years. So they would even confess, you know, maybe you'll work, you know, because they were preaching 2012, you know, you know, from 2009, from 2010. So we were preparing for years. So, yeah. So I think it's cool if we kind of go through some of the life decisions that people are making based on apocalyptic beliefs. Is that cool? Does that sound good? It's like so cool, bro. Yeah. Because you, you believe that there is no future on this planet. Your future is spiritual. Okay. Yeah. Like really Christians, okay, general, I say general Christians, I mean, like, you know, what people um, believe as, as, you know, normal, mainstream Christianity, mainstream Christianity, they believe that they're going to go to heaven, but they don't like, obsess over it every single day, they don't prepare for it every single day, you know what I mean? It's just sort of something that they they think about and they comforts them for the future. Yeah. This is different. Like we're gonna die whenever that is. Um, right. It's not like I gotta get ready because this is gonna happen like tomorrow. These type of high demand groups, um, it, it's different. It's an everyday obsession. It's an everyday reality. The future is not real. Your future is in heaven. So you need to think about, you know, eternity in heaven, and that's where your treasures will be. So that's what you need to work for. This earth is is going to be burned. This earth is full of wickedness and evil spirits and earthquakes and disasters and heartache. And, you know, I think for you coming out and being on the outside now, there's a lack of a protection emotionally for you when things like 
what happened in Texas happen? Because when you were in, I remember you having like a really, really almost like um, creepy reaction to bad things. You'd be like, did you see like almost in like an excited way? Because for you guys, bad things meant like you guys are going to heaven sooner. And so when things awful would happen, I, I want to say Sandy Hook. I don't know if you remember Ooh. where you if you were in the church during Sandy Hook. I feel like. I feel like I remember having this conversation with you about Sandy Hook and you being almost like disconnected from it. Like the things happening in reality, you were not digesting them the way that like you are now out of the church. So for you, I bet I bet events that are happening that have been happening for years. I mean, the shitty things happen like every single day. If you look, there's shitty things happening. Um but like Sandy Hook happened and that was devastating for me and at the time your son they were both in kindergarten at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that one obviously like that one was devastating but I remember I remember being yeah, yeah yeah. No, I remember being upset about that and then I remember a leader telling me um like don't worry about that like that's just an evil evil man and like like they really did not when it came to like stuff like that, like crime stuff like that. I just, I personally did not feel any type of like sympathy about that type of situation yeah. when the Aurora shooting happened in Colorado. We have been, we have been, you know, struck by so many of these this gun violence um, and mental illness violence. But anyway, when the Aurora shooting happened, we. You know, I recommended that we do an event, you know, or something for those victims, you know, because it was so that happened, you know, just a few miles away from where we were living at that time. I mean, that was somewhere that we were familiar with that theater. And um, and, you know, I was met with resistance from that leader because that's not really a disaster type of relief that they would do It's you know, they don't really go to rescue people who had, who would be struck by some kind of psychopath. Do you know what I mean? Doing these kinds of, of um, crimes. And then later they did a blood drive and, and they said that the blood drive was for the victims of that shooting. But it wasn't. And I was so mad because I was like, you know, we proposed an idea to do something to help these families and then they didn't want to do it. And then later they did a blood drive and then they claimed it was, you know, for the victims of that, of that tragedy. And I was like, you know, it just, it was never genuine as we have talked about with so many people, you know, because if you really believe the world is going to end, what's the point of doing these um, good volunteer works? Honestly, yeah. if you really believe the world is ending, then why are you trying to, help them clean up after earthquakes and hurricanes and everything, because you believe that's Bible prophecy. You know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. It's a cruel vantage point of humanity. So like immediately after you proposed, let's go and like do something for them. Like it wasn't immediately. It was like a little while after there was a blood drive that we, that we organized that I helped organize. And, and that whole time that we organized, it was never talked about that it was going to be for that purpose. But then as soon as it was presented out to the public, all of a sudden it was for that tragedy. And it was like, 
that wasn't why you guys did this. You you already had this blood drive planned. It wasn't like, you know, I don't know. It just felt very not genuine. Because like I said, there's no reason for them to clean up the earth. They don't think the earth is going to be here much longer. You know? Yeah. So, um, so when you live in this kind of way, it, it causes you to make really important life decisions in a way that you never would. Right. If you believe that you had a future on this earth. Right. So you're young, right? These are young college kids and they are having to make huge life decisions around the time, you know, you're dating and, you know, people are looking for marriage or having children and all these things, right? Where to live, you know, where to go to school. And so because you are obsessed that the world is going to end, you know, you just make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. Or just decisions with like no longevity to them. Like right. no care to them. Yeah. Right. So the first thing I would say, like the first thing that they really pressure is immediate baptism. And so I would say the reason for that is because who knows when the world is going to end? You don't know. It could be now, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, you know, I should really go talk to my mom. I should really like maybe go talk to my pastor, think about it, pray about it for a while. Most people, that's what they want to do. I would say 90% of people, they want to take a minute and think about it. Yeah. But it's your job. It's your job to save them immediately. So you need to pressure them into baptism right away. So that's when you take out your handy dandy evidence book. And then you show them all the pictures. You show them, you know, all, all the fires and everything. And it's scary. And you scare the crap out of them. And they get baptized. And so right away... You know, they're using that type of um, teaching to um, to scare you into making some very big spiritual decisions. You know, for a lot of people, baptism is a big spiritual decision, but you're really pressured into it right away. So, um, you know, it's just so from right out of the gate, that's where they get you. And, then, and I, that was so interesting with you, what you and Anthony were talking about, how... Yeah. Most of you guys are probably like having doubts. Like I didn't yes. even think about that, that, but you are being like pressured into it. Like, just do it. Just do it. What's the, what's the big deal? It was a good evidence. It was fine. I remember me and my husband, right before we got baptized, we were like in the room and we're just like so nervous. I remember us like kind of shaking and everything. We were so nervous and we were so excited and we were just like, should we do this? Should we not do this? And they're waiting on the other side of the room, you know, and it's all like they, they're expecting you to come out and do this. So, so you do it. And yeah. So then from there on, so then from there, you know, little by little, you start having a lot of different time commitments and things like that. And then um, I would say right away, people make a lot of uh, choices about their education pretty much right after being baptized. You know, if you're a college student, a lot of times in my case and what I have seen, a lot of people dropped out of college. And this is why I love Kanye, because he did a whole album about college dropouts. And I relate so much to it, you know? And and um, it's something that I still am, am angry about because I education is important to me and is important to my family. And I'm upset that I did not finish my college education. But there are also people who don't finish their high school educations, yeah. you know, thinking that the world is about to end. 
um, you know, more time for preaching. Uh, there's no time for like, this also affects children, you know, because I had my, my youngest son, there's no time for after school activities. You need to come home from school and right away, you need to get to the church so that you can go preaching. There's no time for sports. A lot of sports take place on the Sabbath day on Saturday. So there's no time for any of that. Um, no, no kind of interaction with anybody outside of the church, you know, because the world is going to end soon. A disaster could happen at any moment. And so, like you said, we did become a little bit of a prep, you know, preppers. I remember like a show came out, I think on National Geographic or Discovery Channel around that time. And it was a doomsday preppers. Do you remember that show? And it showed yeah. these extreme people who would go out. You, you guys know the people who would prepare and make them like that. We would have, you know, so many cases of waters. You guys know what I'm talking about. We would carry waters everywhere we would move. And um, MREs, we still have some MREs and lots of flashlights and candles and, and um, you know, food and little burners, you know, if we needed to cook. I think we've moved those boxes to, like, every place oh, you go since. And you're like, that closet is just prep stuff. Yeah, and we've totally downsized, you know. Um, but it but is it like good to have. have. Okay, like, guys. Yeah, totally. You're like, yeah. I'm not going to throw it away. However, however. Okay, you you know, without a doubt, 2012, you are going to heaven, the world is going to end. But before you can go to heaven, there's going to be World War Three. Okay, World War Three is coming and, and you see videos of World War Two, of how how awful it was, and you know how savage people were, right? So you're prepared for World War Three. And, and so you go to the freaking, you know, um, the the closest surplus store that you can find and the army store and you go and you buy you know thousand dollars worth of supplies so that you can be prepared before it's actually time to go to heaven because there will be a little bit of time before you know nobody knows how long it could be so you need you need warm you know clothes the bible said father's coming in the winter so you got to prepare we have this like massive um sleeping bag and like like it all comes in handy now you know but yeah. the purpose of buying it then, and we didn't have, we didn't have a thousand dollars to spend, you know? Um, so it's just, it's like you, you go into debt trying to prepare, you know, because what's the point? This is you something to save never, your money. This is something I've never asked you before or thought about, but did the church ever promote like getting weapons or anything or was no, that? No, so okay. you were never supposed to have weapons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You were I, only, um supposed to prepare spiritual your spiritual sword you, yeah the bible you're so they, uh, like go to the gun range once a week and like a practice they didn't no 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 that's that good. was not encouraged like, that's good no thank goodness for that because that's like where it takes a turn for the for no like they really believe that they have god's protection so that's like all that they need which is so funny <laughs> as far as that goes but Right. But you still need food, right? You still need to prepare food and water. So, so that's crazy. And so then that also ties into the financial part of, you know, not thinking that you're going to be here. So nobody saves money. Like there's no reason to save money because, you know, there's no future. There's no reason to have a 401k, any kind of savings. There's no reason to buy property, to invest in any kind of property, you know, there's no reason to buy a house or to own a house. That's why most of the people rent, um, which, you know, then when you come out 10 years later, 
you know, it puts you back financially. You have no equity. It's, it's, it's an impact, you know, in, into your life. Mo, a lot of people go into debt and you guys have heard all these stories from all of our people. Um, another thing that, um, happens is another thing that we talked about is it affects your health, right? So nobody's eating well. Nobody cares. A lot of people gain weight. A lot of people lose weight. It seems like there are times when a lot of people gained a lot of weight. And then, and then we talked to some of the, you know, girls who said that there were some eating disorders, you know, um, nobody's taking care of themselves. Nobody's sleeping well. Um, and all of this is just, all of these are tactics, you know, but they're all combined with this belief that the world is going to end. So it's all just sort of like a snowball effect and it's all affecting, you know, because when you're not sleeping, you're not making good decisions. You know, you're not, you're not a good problem solver. You're not seeing all that, all the sides of, of the thing. Um, you're also not getting any sunshine. You know, you spend a lot of times inside, whether you're indoor studying or preaching, you're not really outside, you know, soaking up the vitamin D that you're supposed to get, you know, and that's not really healthy. Oh my gosh. I, I started watching Kimmy Schmidt oh. and her roommate just got scurvy. Oh, because they live like, you know, in, in the dungeon, they don't oh, have yeah. any, uh, any fruit. It's really right. It just oh, that show is so good. I love that show. It's so silly sometimes, but it's funny, but it's that's silly. Anybody get scurvy? You know, no, I don't know. But, you know, it's like I like that show because it's such a serious subject, but they make it so funny. Yeah. You know, and it's our podcast. It's so funny. Um, you know, and that also talks about like no son. I, I always think about the, the children, you know, um, and the mental health of the children, because. Mm -hmm. You know, the children are also believing that the world is coming to an end and they're not scared of that. They're not really scared of that. That's just a reality to them. Um, but they don't really need to do the after school activities or make friends outside of school or make these different connections or learn about different things because, you know, it doesn't matter. And it's all part of the sinful world. It's not part of the real spiritual world that is in heaven. So, um, so that's very sad to me. Another thing that, that I personally struggle with as a mom, you know, that raised her boys in there, um, is the propaganda, which will be hopefully our next episode. We're going to talk about propaganda. Um, like I said, we were exposed to a lot of scary videos. And what would happen is right after service, they make you stay in the sanctuary right after service to watch the videos. And it's the same with the children. So the children have to sit through the whole service and then have to stay through a whole nother video. And the videos are intense. Like uh, there's a lot of videos of, of the Korean War. And um, like there's just this one where um, like a kid's mom gets shot right in front of him and he's a toddler. And the toddler is just like screaming and the Japanese are just going and killing all of them. And it's very graphic and it's very sad. And they showed a lot of, you know, of the nuclear bombs and stuff like that. And like all the kids are in there with you watching this. Yeah. And there's intense music that goes with it. You know, it's, it's, it's their videos that the church puts, puts together. And then at the end, it's all like, and how can we be saved from these disasters? Oh, thanks to God that we can keep the Passover, you know, and just all this, this love towards God, who's going to save us from all these, these awful things. So, um, I do think that affects a child's, um, mind. 
I I think that it gives them anxiety. I think that it it doesn't give them a hope for a future. And I don't think that that's healthy. And I feel sad. Like, I just want to cry thinking about that. But it has to be said, right? It has to be said. That's not good. And it's not just happening in this group. It's happening in groups all over the world, right? It's happening in, in cults and, and high, con- high demand groups all over the world. And we've studied about these groups before. Um, you know, so, but I will say that in my, um, in my situation, all of the children teachers that, that I had really seemed to genuinely care about the children and they didn't want the children to be scared. You know, they just wanted them to feel, you know, um, that God has protected them in, in Zion, you know, and, and protected them there. And thank goodness, because there are so many cases of that not working out that way and other groups that we've learned like about Waco or you know Jonestown things like that yeah and maybe that will be another episode also where we go down that rabbit hole of abuse you know I would like to talk about um like how apocalyptic beliefs started um but that's that's that could be a whole nother thing it's just I just wanted to share with you guys my experience of what it was like and speaking of children I will say um that you do make reproductive choices based on believing the world is going to end. So um, most women choose in this group not to have children, believing that the world is going to end, believing that it's going to be a really scary time. Um, You know, there's a prophecy about women eating their own children. Have you ever heard about that? Mm. About that? Well, I guess Um, the days where they... In the last days, they they talk about it that um, when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans, that there were cases of cannibalism and like women eating their own children, but that that would also happen in the last days. So even I per, I was scared of that. I was like, I will never have a baby and raise them during World War Three. Like I I like I imagine that. I imagine the scenario of like carrying my baby and hiding my baby and trying to feed my baby during a world war. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And so I did not have a baby for so long, you know, and then I was like, no, I want to have a baby, you know, but anyway, it wasn't just me. It's, it's a lot of people and a lot of people make a choice to have an abortion. Um, and, um, a lot of people decide not to. This is confusing because we, I, I'm assuming you too also pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm all about if you decide to have an abortion, but it gets sticky when you're having an abortion because you're being encouraged to by your religious group. That switches it up. Is it's it not publicly choice? encouraged. That's it's not, not publicly encouraged. Um, it's, it's like, it's, it's a... It's a, it's a compassion that you're having for your unborn baby. You're thinking that you are doing it, your baby a favor. Like, why would you want to bring a child into a world that is just going to burn? Did they ever explain it like soul wise? Like if you have an abortion, you kick everybody asks about that. Everybody would be like, well, so what does that mean in the spiritual world? If you have an abortion, then what does that mean? And then, you know, I, from what I understood, everybody would just say, you know, that's just between father or mother like nobody really knows they should if they're gonna tell if they're gonna encourage that the 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 incentive should be your baby gets kicked back up to heaven they don't have to exist they just get sent back right and then people are like like, okay like i think that the that the 
that they're implying, this is what I always kind of believed while I was in there, is that a baby doesn't have life until it's born and, and like, breathes that first breath. Okay. Um, it's sort of what I what I was understanding while I was in there. I could have been wrong. Um, and it's not, like, it's not something that's ever talked about. Like, having an abortion is not something, or having babies, any of that is not talked about in the church. There is not a study about it. It's not, it's something that if you are going through it personally, you would go to your leader and then get advice or, you know, pray about it. But it's something that you would personally have a feeling about because of what you already believe about the end of the world. Okay. And that, but also you're explaining this Bible story about eating mm-hmm. your meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not directly said, but it's exactly right. Said. Right. It is implied, right? What you're supposed to. But I'm saying like, sometimes if you go to like a mainstream Christian church, they may have like a whole service about abortion or something or about, you know, the right, you know what I mean? But like, like that is not, yeah, yeah, it is not a mainstream subject that would ever come up. If that was something that had to be talked about, that would be something that is done in private and secret. If anybody was to ever have an abortion, it would be a total private thing and they would support it. If they did, they would support it. If you didn't outwardly, you know, um, but yeah, we've talked about that before. Oh, but, I see what you're it's not like mainstream Christianity where they're like, we hate the gays and the abortions. Right. It's more, it's more under, it's a more, it's kind of like, I like how Raymond explained about the um, racism. It's yeah. not like an outward, you know, racism. It's like an underground type of racism like or. Sam is racist. Like that right. is racist Bible story. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. The story about eating your baby isn't like it's pretty implied like don't have a kid right now because you're right right so so people are making reproductive choices in this group but also in others you know like i have um heard of a lot of different groups you know where they either want to have a lot of children right when you look at like flds they encourage Mm -hmm. a lot of children um so there's you know women are really um I don't want to say oppressed, but victimized in this type of way, because you're really um, not allowed the freedom to make your own decision about your own family. And then that comes to the next point. Okay. A main point that this church does. And a lot of these groups do because of their apocalyptic living is they make uh, decisions about relationships and they change relationships and they break up relationships. Right. We've talked about that. Like, if you really think the world is ending and your family is trying to stop you from from going to heaven, like really trying to stop you or trying to kidnap you or, you know, whatever, deconstruct you, you will cut them off. Yeah, you will, because because, you know, the world is going to end. You know that it doesn't matter. You know that they're being deceived by Satan. I mean, you're they're not your real family. They're not your real family. Your your beliefs are just so concrete. And, you know, another thing is people are getting married. People are getting divorced. You know, think, you know, believing the world is going to end. So, you know, you see you see a lot of the people that we've spoken with that were in arranged marriages. And it's just so sad, you know, because it's like, ah, sure, we'll do it. Sure. I'm only going to be here for another year, another two years. And then yeah. they're here for, you know, seven or eight years and stuck stuck in a marriage that maybe isn't what they originally had ever wanted. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, these are people who believe in the Bible. So 
getting a divorce isn't necessarily an easy decision. You know, of course, nobody wants to get divorced. So in the Bible talks about divorce and how divorce is not okay. However, it's so convenient, you know, when people want to get divorced, it's okay. It's like, but no, the Bible doesn't say that. As long as it's like (laughs) adultery. I think the Bible said it's okay only for adultery, but it's like, um, it's, it's crazy. It's so hypocritical. Yeah. It is so hypocritical, girl, but you can't see it when you're in it. Like that's, that's like the main point is like when you really, every, everything can be explained away when you have the ultimate right. like idea in your head. That's why like when you create this reality that the world is ending, all of these things just line up. They can, they can control everything. They can tr- control where you live. Like I think it was Anthony talked about how he lives so close to the church most of the people lived so close to the church. If you were a church leader, you either lived in the church or you lived within probably a block or two within the church. That way you could be ready no matter what happened. You needed to be in Zion when Father comes. You need to be preaching when Father comes. You need to be studying when Father comes. You better not be out in the world when Father comes. So you need to be close for whatever situation might happen. And you know, all, And also like they move you around a lot. You know, because the world is going to end. So we need to hurry up and plant all these churches all over the world. But because, you know, and then that that goes with like breaking up the relationships and breaking up families. You know, all of it is connected. It's just so it's it's mind boggling, you know, how you can control people with these with these beliefs. Tony, I've lost track if we've already talked about this. Did we mm-hmm. talk about like why the, I think we already did the why the house churches were built? And why you explained it to me at the time was that when the government decides to shut down the church. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So we were told, about this? I don't know, but we can say it again. We were told not this episode. We were told about a blue law. So America has something called a blue law that um, says that Sunday is a holy day. And so we were always told that one day that law could be used against us because we didn't believe Sunday was a holy day. We believe Saturday was and that, Technically, the government could use that law against us to um, force us to worship on Sunday and we would never. So we would have to like, you know, be hidden kind of in. And so the best way to be hidden would to be like in house churches. Yeah. You know, instead of like big main churches, we could be hidden where we could gather in smaller groups to keep Sabbath worship. That was always so sketch to me. Really? That sounds like you guys are setting up for something fucking sketchy. Right. Well, now I can see that. But inside, because they use the Bible, they use Acts to show about um, the house churches, how um, they would gather and they would keep service in houses. Yeah. Which in biblical times. Churches. I know. That makes sense. I know. If you lived in a little tiny village that didn't have the means to make like a big old church to worship in, you would just do it in someone's house. Right. And like. On a small scale, it's like Bible studies. People have little Bible studies in their houses. But you guys were preparing for this, like, ultimate governmental shutdown. We got to have all these churches ready with all this, like, space so that if we needed to do worship. But it wasn't it, it wasn't presented like that. And not all the members were told about that. That wasn't something that would be a public ser- sermon, I don't think. And this was a long time ago, okay? This was, like... Oh, yeah. Sort of when I first got baptized, but this, this would a- be more. This would be more like the leaders would have an understanding of this and it would be sort of maybe implied during the service. 
And then like you would have to kind of realize it yourself or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, come to that um, that realization if God allowed you to see, you know, that prophecy or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew um, it. I don't know if that was maybe like your explanation to why you were being moved around to the houses to get them right. all. Like you would go prepare them so that if that did happen, they were ready to go. And then it was go- also it was also a convenience for the members, like you know, if, like um, so that they could participate in preaching. Say if they live far away, you know what I mean. So they could still make it. You know, there was a lot of different excuses about those, but um, yeah. And also another thing that I sort of have recently re- been reminded of is that a lot of these groups, and I'm not saying this group, um, I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm saying what I saw. I'm (laughs) saying what I saw, y'all. Yeah. These groups do not really worry that much about breaking rules, breaking the law, breaking codes, breaking violations, because they live by a different kind of law. They live by the heavenly law. They say that. They live by the heavenly law. And so, um, and, you know, we're going to heaven soon. So what's the point? You know, it's okay to sort of cut corners. It's justified, right? Right. It's justified. And so I saw a lot of times where um, when construction was done, um, there would be corners that would be cut, um, maybe permits that wouldn't be um, pulled things like that. And it would be okay because father's coming soon. Right. right. And I'm talking about probably pre 2012 days, you know, maybe some walls would be taken down that maybe shouldn't have been taken down or um, certain I, things. The labor of like members who are not qualified to do so. Maybe like, right. like manual labor from like whoever will do it rather than. Right. Oh, like, for sure. Like we would never hire professionals for anything. Yeah. Uh, It would just be the manual labor of the members who, you know, some had experience, a lot did. A lot were skilled craftsmen, 100%, and artists. Um, Some had no idea what the hell they were doing and did sometimes did damage, you know, that probably was not safe. And also they have this deep belief, not only that the world is going to end soon, but they have this deep belief that they are protected by God. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if they physically die, they have no fear that their spirit will be destroyed. So they don't, we didn't, we'd never had that fear ever. So even if there is some kind of construction disaster, nobody is afraid. Nobody is really afraid or worried. Recklessness and unnecessary recklessness. And if they are, nobody really um, shows it because they wouldn't want to scare the other members, you know? Yeah. Uh, that would be something that would be secret, um, only known to the top, top leaders if there was a really big construction like problem or something. Um, but the other mem- the rest of the members would think everything is fine, you know. That's so, um, yeah, so I think. I think that kind of covers what it would what what life is like. Um, it's just highly stressful. Highly, highly, highly stressful. And I think that's one of the hardest things when you come out is handling that stress, figuring out what to do with all that stress, finding out that you have a long life ahead of you. And that is also very scary because then you realize, oh, shit, I'm in my 30s and I have no savings. I have no house. I have 
no education, you know, and that's why a lot of people can't come out. It's yeah. very, very scary. You know, you come out after so many years. Yeah. You know, luckily some people can get out after a few years um, or just a short amount of time. And that's amazing. Um, some people, it is discouraging, but I'm here to say, don't be discouraged. Actually, life can get really well, really quick. Yeah. You know, um, you realize that it's not your um, punishment or your your bad judgment or whatever they, what was the excuse they told you when you said about the money thing? Oh, it was something okay. that you were doing wrong. Oh, it's like your sinful nature, like something your you need to overcome. I couldn't yeah. remember that. Uh, it's not your sinful nature that's holding mm -hmm. you back. It's because they have full access to all of your finances and your, all of that shit. So right. get out and then get started. It's good. It's like, but it's, it's weird, Lindsay, even to this day, like seeing the tragedies um, in, in Texas, the tragedies in New York and Buffalo. I mean, tragedy after tragedy and let's be honest, disasters after disasters. Okay. Yeah, that shit is so triggering. And honestly, I can't really watch the news sometimes. I want to. I, I I love the I love watching the news. I love knowing what's happening. But I for my own mental health, I can't because it so easily puts me back in that stressful, high alert awareness. Mm -hmm. And I can't live there. I cannot live in that state. I lived there for too long, you know. I okay, um, but here's the thing about that. Mm -hmm. collectively as a country and if we have kids I think all parents are in mourning this week mm -hmm. I don't think that that I, I'm not saying that you're not triggered because of the church and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm saying that shit is fucking awful no right for anybody right 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 like that's just like incomprehensible right we don't really know where to begin because we're a divided nation and it's shitty and like we got a lot of work to do as a country and so right. I think that the news cycle right now is awful um right and I think it's okay to feel that way and it makes sense that your immediate go-to is to feel like connected back to the church feelings but um Not that I, I feel connect <sighs> yeah. I want you and I want everybody in the church because this that everyone who's left and is feeling that way right now um, I think we all as a country are collectively like we all feel like this right now. Like we're sad. Our society sucks right now. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. I I feel sad because I feel like I see everybody that I've met that has come out of this group has had anxiety or panic attacks, um, social anxiety. Uh, all these things and it's these things are debilitating I mean these are real struggles um, and so when you see these things it just amplifies it you know so much and so I think it's important sometimes even though we we want to know what's going on I think some for me, me personally sometimes I do need to turn it down a little bit because I don't want to I don't want to think about the end of the world anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but, but, but it's okay. It's not the yeah. end of the world. You know, I, what? Know. I try to, I try to always find like the silver lining and like the positive and things. Yeah. And it's devastating, but it's like, we have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe if we spin that positively, it's like, maybe we can make something so great out of all this shittiness. Yeah. 
You know, I've like met so many beautiful people now. lately. I'm yeah. sorry. I've met so many beautiful people lately that it gives me confidence and hope that like, you know, we do have a lot of good ideas. It's just a lot of people have good ideas right now. I know. I know. Let's um, down and start all over, baby. <laughs> Let's let's start Hamilton. Let's play Hamilton from start to finish. Right? <laughs> so, so how do we want to end this, Lindsay? I don't know. That was a bummer. Yeah. That episode is kind of our ending. I'm you know, like- I think that I think that coming out of the church and also part of the stress of it is the fact that like we lost so much time believing the world was gonna end. And then when you come out and you do have time left. No matter what age you come out, whether you come out, you know, in your 20s, whether you come out in your 40s or your 50s, you still have so much time left. Um, even in one year, so much can be done in one year. You can get the your dream job. You can you can make a friend, a real genuine friend. You can read a really good book, you know, whatever you want to do, just little small things that you can do to improve your life. And then I think little little by little, I'm realizing how resilient we are, Lindsay. When I hear these stories, when I hear Kelsey's story and Jordan's story and Anthony's story and Raymond's story, Joanne's story, you know, all their beautiful stories, they're so resilient. All the things that they've been through, you know, um, it's really beautiful. So so here we are on the other side, you know, and and there is a good future on this earth. This planet is beautiful. You know, I, I'm really inspired by Chad's story when he talked about um, healing through nature. You know, I, I think a lot of us have felt like that. And Amani, too, um, being in nature and being with animals and and uh, being with plants, you know, that sort of brought us back to light, to reality, you know, that this is real. Um, this is what we're living for right now. And um, we can have a really beautiful future and a yeah. hopeful future, right? Yeah. Yeah, all of the things that are wrong right now, the hope and the the beauty in it is uh, that there's like a, a space to make it better, right? Right. It doesn't mean, oh, shit, the end is near and it's all going to explode. It's mm-hmm. this fucking sucks right now. Let's figure out a way to make it better. Right. So that it doesn't suck so bad. Cheers to that. In the future, we can explore um, other apocalyptic groups how how apocalyptic groups really flourish and what kind of cultures they really flourish in um things like that i do think that's very fascinating but we just wanted to share with you guys our sort of um experience with with these kind of beliefs and we have so many exciting things coming up we're going to talk talk about propaganda and we're going to talk about some of the lawsuits that have been going on and how um those are viewed within the church and also viewed when you come out of the church and what kind of information is given to members and not given to members and how the lawsuits are all happening. We're going to talk to some of the um, people involved within the lawsuits. So that's going to be really interesting. We've already spoken with Raymond who was, um, who won, you know, um, and was able to nullify his NDA. So that was really exciting. Yeah. Thank goodness. What a badass. What a badass. They're Dude, also badass. That's what I'm learning about all of you guys is everybody who's left, everybody. I bet there's so many freaking good people in there. You know, that's what sucks about it. But everybody who's left and is like living their lives now, badasses. 
super cool, super smart, super lovely, very genuine. You know, I think everybody with with true intentions of of it being for the betterment of humanity. I really do. Right. They see the do that on the other side. We need you. Come on out because we need you in like the real world. Join the dark side. Join us. Join us for our seminar. Yeah. That every person that we've met coming out, all the survivors, they are um, flourishing in their person, each one in their own personal way, uh, whether it's in their relationships or their careers or whatever it is, um, their, you know, their hobbies, you know, they're, they're finding things that they enjoy doing. Um, They are all flourishing. However, I will, I do want to add that it has not been easy for them. I want to say that they have all had their struggles because, because these beliefs mess with them. They mess with their mind. You know, they scare the shit out of them and, and it's not okay. It is not okay because they took away our, our ability to make our own life decisions. And we, you know, and and we're doing, everybody's doing great now, you know, but I just, I just want to put it out there that they're so strong for what they went through, you know, and, and what they, um, what they overcame. That was a big buzzword in the church. Oh, you need to overcome, you need to overcome, but like, no, like we have really overcome a lot of shit. And so, um, that's the real meaning of it. Okay, guys, we're it's redefining the words. It's going to suck, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck at the beginning. And, and every once in a while, it's going to suck, but, but it is better than being in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Sometimes I look back and I'm just so thankful that I'm not staying up until two in the morning, you know, watching these terrifying videos. Maybe that's why now I like comedies and lighthearted things, you know, and some true crime and drama. I know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Tale is like our favorite show, whatever. We don't like, like, (laughs) what did you say was our favorite one? Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I love that one. I don't know that I can watch that this coming up season. How no. listen, how are they I've that? how are they gonna separate that from science fiction to freaking reality at this point? All right. So <clears throat> if you guys have any questions or anything, let us know if you guys um you know have oh. any comments, but we'll be it we'll be back soon. Can we make like a little <laughs> announcement here? For it, go for it. Sometimes we get emails from people that may be legit or places that may be legit. But we can't tell sometimes. And so if we ever are like ignoring you, <laughs> do we want to say that? How do we say that in a nice way? Um, okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> we are closely monitoring our interactions, our social interactions. We, we want to be careful, right? We want to be careful that nobody's trying to mess with us or our friends. Don't mess with our friends, yo. Don't, Don't mess with the PIT crew. Yeah. So, you know, um, knowing what we know about what this group does, we just want to be, we're just hesitant about collaborating with certain people or um, <clears throat> sharing information with certain people. So, you know, if you ever get, if you ever try to reach out to us and you get like kind of a guarded response, that's why. Yeah. <clears throat> Not that we're like, this is definitely the church messing with this, but we're like, this doesn't feel a hundred percent. We can't vet it. So maybe let's not like go down that avenue. It's like no offense. It's no offense to you personally, because there have been emails that we like 
want to really engage in, but then we're like, there's like an element of this email tone that feels like it maybe is not, we're not really sure. So if we yeah, are, we just really, don't know. We're just trying to be careful, y'all. And we don't know how to do that because we have no experience in all this shit. So is that good? You want me to say that? <laughs> no, we are experienced. Um, did you know that I'm going to law school? Oh, Tony's I going should. to law school. I should. I think I just decided right now. Why couldn't I? Do it. Fuck yeah. Do it. I keep mm. telling my husband to go to law school. He wants to. You guys should mm. go to we should that'd be hilarious oh my gosh see and then but then i'm like i'm too old <clears throat> and that's where the church kills my heart because i feel like that's the part that i just feel like so much time was wasted but girl you don't worry don't worry we can do it tony you could start fresh and be a doctor i don't really want to be a doctor i'd like to be a lawyer though and i could I like know, if you want after some of these you're still young enough people. that you literally could be an astronaut if you wanted. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's you not could. go that far. How about president? I think I'd like to be the president. I would love to be the president. Oh, <laughs> Tony, I go. Power. To- Power. Dude, <laughs> I daydream about what I would do as the president. I'd be so fucking good at it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because I would own up to all my shit. I'd be like, yeah, there's a sex tape of me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, could I be? Well, I think I should be the president, and then you could be the vice president. No, fuck <laughs> that shit. You're my VP, baby. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss. We'll you discuss. You can be my transportation secretary. Oh, hell no. I ain't no Buttigieg. Get in there, Buttigieg. <laughs> Uh, at least make me like at least make me like a Hillary. I want to at least like go travel. So I'll just go make everything better in North Korea. But you're not allowed in Benghazi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> on that I'm note. Just I'm just kidding, y'all. We are way way off track. Okay. We so, will see you later. The point of that was if either of us ever run for any office, please vote, vote for, for us. us. <laughs> we will be totally candid about all of our shit. Yeah, I mean, it's already out there. Well, what are we going to do now? Yeah, can't take it back. Can't take it back. All right, so we will see you next time. Stay safe and stay, be kind. Stay kind, you guys. Be extra gentle with each other this yeah. time. Yeah, and be so. nice to the children, okay? If you see them out playing... You know, be nice to them. Give them a little wave. Be kind, you know. I just I just feel nice. like I feel like <laughs> don't be <crazy. laughs> invite them to your van. Give them some candy. Have them pay your dog. <laughs> I was like, what are you telling people to do? I feel like people are so hard on kids, you know, like just give them a break. It's their uh, summer break. Let them have a fun time. Yeah, don't expect you know, them to be more emotionally appropriate to responses than they're adults. not adults. Like, just let them freaking play and have a blast. And um, you know, anyway, littles. Anyway, we will talk to you later. We got more coming for you, y'all. Okay, all right. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. Boom, 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 baby. Sorry, I'm looking up the different words. Sorry. Okay. I know I do say sorry a lot. Lynn. Stop saying sorry. Sorry, I said sorry. To all of my sisters, (laughs) stop saying sorry. That's for both of you. Or brothers. 
Okay. We're brothers. I don't know if our brother says sorry a lot. Oh. I'm talking about my actual two sisters. <laughs> Stop saying yeah. sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, hold on. To be honest, I kind of forgot what we were talking about. We were going on all these tangents. What are we talking about right now? Oh, my gosh. 